Welcome to Intergalactic Interviews. This is MD. How you doing, folks? Just hanging out. And I'm with Jesse Laborde. And uh, we're having a few drinks. We just finished uh, mixing Leany Bennett's EP. I mean, it sounds pretty rad. But uh, now we're just going to sit down and kind of uh, get this episode going. How have you doing? some drinks. Yeah, man. How you doing? Some cold domestic lagers. <laughs> What is, what is it you're drinking tonight, anyway? I'm drinking Driftwood Brewery's Fat Tug. Where's that from? <clears throat> Excuse me, Fat Tug IPA. It's from Victoria. Yeah? Driftwood. Part of that huge uh, Pacific Northwest craft yeah, beer it, explosion? It, it totally is. It totally is, yeah. Do you know uh, the owners or something? How do you get I don't it? know the owners, no. Well, where'd, where'd you find it, then? The liquor store. <laughs> That's where you find all your liquor. I like strong <laughs> beers, and uh, Driftwood's good for that. Like a strong IPA? Like a very strong IPA, yeah. That's what this is, is a very strong IPA. We used to get kegs at uh, all the house parties for the shakers and stuff. Uh, uh, we still got them, um, what was it, East Van Brewing or something like Storm, that? Storm, Storm Brewing. Storm used to always one spot, but Storm they're, was never very good. Oh, I shouldn't say that. Oh, you didn't like, oh, you don't like them? We got friends there. They're good guys. Yeah, they're okay. They're good guys. They. Uh, There's a couple breweries in town that have opened up that are much, much better than Storm's. We are 45 seconds in. Jesse Laborde throwing shots <laughs> at Storm Brewing already. Making enemies. I, I, Making enemies. I would have to say that, uh, yeah, I don't know. They've always delivered when I uh, when I. Well, they also were around for a long time. They did a lot of work for a really long time. Vancouver's only had a couple good breweries for the past couple of years. Oh, for a while, yeah. it was the same, same forever. R&B, Russell, and Storm. Hey, where are you going? Don't leave me on the mic alone. Traffic out there is brutal. Oh. Just pretty ridiculous. Hello. <laughs> where back. are we right now? In beautiful Port Moody. But every time Jesse's been saying where I live today, it's a little bit more east than uh, where it actually is. Where are we right now? Beautiful Kenora, Ontario. Ontario. <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, so Kenora screwed us, eh? We're not getting a show in Kenora. We're not Never. getting. Well, I, I hooked you up with uh, my brother, though, Jordan. Hey. We didn't seem that interested, and the other guy I knew didn't seem that interested, and it seems like it's hard to play, but it seems like such a nice town. I've really? always really wanted to play there. That's disappointing, man, because uh, I would I would think that Jordan would want to put something together. Um, I haven't talked to him about it. This is the first time hearing I haven't about really it. talked to him about it either, but you sent that email a while back, and I never really heard back from him. So. Uh, Jordan's a fucking, uh, he's a real busy guy. He's got his EP just, just coming seems out Seems like here. he plays in a lot of bands. Yeah, dude. Or he plays in a couple he's bands. He's playing anyway. a metal show with... I can't even remember the name, but uh, I know some of the guys that used to play together. It used to be in a group called. Uh, so why isn't uh, there and... a music scene in Kenora? There is. Well, you know, a lot but of like the... every band in the world tours across Canada and has to drive through Kenora. Why isn't there a scene there like every other city? Even Thunder Bay has got one. It's world famous for being shitty, but mm. like. Well, it, it's hard for me to comment on that. You know, like I haven't I haven't been a part of that scene yeah, really in about seven or eight years. I hold you accountable. Well, last time I was there was the Master Ace tour. That was last time I I was home, um, I think, and uh, that was like in that area. I have to say, when I was a part of it, the biggest issue there was that there was a tremendous amount of body and head, but there wasn't enough legs to support it. There's a lot of people that want to be involved, and there's a lot of people that are involved, but uh, that that supporting infrastructure doesn't exist there it's almost and it's like it's not that big yeah. of a town either right it's got the exactly. small town curse where it's There's got people enough. who want to do stuff but nobody who wants to run it and it's That's not right. big enough to have yeah like and it catches a lot of flack for that you know but like the fact that it's is, so nice there and it's surprising yeah. that you can it's such a everybody has to drive through it but nobody oh, yeah. ever gets to play it. definitely it's a great place man like i'm i'm, I'm glad i'm from there but did you read got, the article the other day that somebody said what to do when stuck in kenora 
It was like this band called Fuck the Facts, you know, Fuck the Facts. I know Fuck the Facts, yeah. Yeah, but they were like, it was from Exclaim, and they were like, what to do on tour? And it was interviewing this band about things to do and on tour. <laughs> they kind of, things to do when you're in Northern Ontario, I think it was. And <clears> they were the like, facts. they specifically mentioned Kenora a few times. And their recommendation for things to do in Kenora was to hang out in the Walmart parking lot. Really? Because the, uh, the Walmart gives coffee or something like that. And it's like, you're in this town that has one of the nicest lakes in Canada. The downtown is nice. You can walk around the downtown. It's yeah. a nice town. Like It's fucking nice, if, yeah. Compared to Dryden or any of those oh, other Jesus. towns around the way. Don't yeah. get me started on Dryden. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but he was like, yeah, let's go hang on the Walmart parking lot. And it's like, man, you are doing it wrong. If that's the only thing you can find to do in Dryden it's, or in, uh, damn it, in Kenora. You know, like, Jesse, you, you've been touring for, a, like, a while, man. And uh, you've been in, uh, you know, a few situations in your life when you're on the road and uh, different styles, too, right? So I would say you have a pretty good understanding of what it's like to pass through there. You're no longer just through uh, Northern Ontario. For that's sure, right. Yeah. yeah. So, I, I, you know, I, I take that at face value and I totally understand what you mean because the reality of it is, like, Again, there's a lot of talent there, but there's no one willing to step up. And in fact, the one or two guys that want to step up there, I don't know. I I, I feel like uh, I feel for you because I was that, but I was like 17 when I was that. You know, I left. When How many I was people live in Kenora? 18, 19. Oh, um, probably 16,000 now, maybe 15,000. I don't know. Uh, that when yeah, the mill so closed, they, they big lost. Of, big of a town. They lost sure. a little bit of their population, but uh, it's you know I imagine it's growing in some capacity because every time I I go back there, I don't recognize. Yeah, 40, people 50% be pumping of the people. out babies. That's right. It's weird, right? You know, yeah. I don't recognize them for other reasons too. You know, people are getting fat. People be getting fat. Yeah. Did I tell uh, you that there's somebody from Kenora who plays in a very successful band in BC from Fernie right now? We've talked about this before. Shred Kelly, I believe her name Shred is Sage. Kelly. So uh, Sage McBride. They're killing it right now. Yeah. Shred Kelly. I know Sage. We went to high school together. Actually, you know Jay Miz from the Kids. Him, oh yeah, yeah. Him and myself went to high school with her, and uh, it's weird that we're all in the industry because uh, she used to sing, but yeah, she sang for the, one of the first guys I ever produced was this guy named Optimistic, and uh, yeah, he's a super talented with dude. a K. Yeah, we used to nice. just rap together. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he's you know he's a dope dude, and uh, I remember he did this record over that Requiem for a Dream instrumental. Someone had sampled it. I don't know some sound oh, click beat God, or something. That's a creepy song. Yeah, I don't know who it was, but Sage McBride did that. Oh. Did that song, I believe, and uh, I remember that sounded really good. I don't think I ever got a hand on it. I don't know if I could find it somewhere, but uh, get my hands on it. Yeah, but oh, what do you what do you have to say about Shred Kelly though? You they're know? good. They're on a they're, tear, right? They're on a tear. Yeah, they killed it yeah. this year. I saw them once, uh, just randomly when I was in my hometown, Williams Lake. They were playing a show there. Speaking of a small town, the town that I'm from, I thought Kenora was a little bigger, but Williams Lake's about the same amount of people. And Williams Lake, yeah, yeah. sixteen thousand. Yeah, closer to 20 maybe, I think. And there's no reliable music scene there. I don't actually know how big Williams Lake is. should retract that. But, I don't even know if I've um, ever passed through there. No, but it's know. not like Kenora <laughs> where you have to pass through it. It's like Williams Lake is not on the way to many places unless you're going north. What is it uh, about that town that kind of makes it similar other than the size? Is it the people? Eh, kind of, yeah. Well, I don't know about the people. Williams Lake kind of was put on. Williams Lake's kind of a hub. Like, as you go north of, of to into interior of BC, you can't get anywhere. You can't go west to Bella Coola, or you can't go north to the Yukon or to Fort St. John or anywhere, or to Alberta, to Edmonton, through the North Jasper Way, without going to Williams Lake. Right. All roads lead through Williams Lake. You can't get to Horse Lie without going to Williams Lake. Williams Lake's a real hub. 
and it's quite recreational there. There's a lot of mountain bikers that have become famous there. It's really tourism is on the map in Williams Lake. So it's got a lot of heart for a small town of the same size. It seems like these small northern towns, it's almost more of a Canadian identity than... And it was a town that got was a logging town that yeah. got decimated by crystal meth and pine beetle oh, in the early two thousand. Really? Yeah. Crystal meth. Meth decimated all of BC. It was hit hit small towns really hard because it's so cheap. Wow. I mean, weed's cheap, but you can offer somebody crystal meth, it's fucking even cheaper. So. I would say. But that. it all coincided with the mills closing down and like the pine beetle. Yeah. Which, which is kind of like a forestry based town that all of a sudden can't log anymore. It's it's it slows it down. That's what Kenora was, man. You know, there was, a logging like, town? There was, I think, five, four mills or something at one point, you know? Oh, yeah, there like, was a big mill. Everyone there, worked there, you know? And uh, they closed I always thought it would them. be mining because it's so damn rocky around there. No. But. Mining, that whole, like, honestly, maybe north of, of Kenora, like around Red Lake, around um, Balmertown, around those, those are, like, little... And um, the other side, too, like yeah. around North Bay, on, like, the other horn. Yeah, like, Kenora's... <laughs> transformed itself into like a tourism spot you know it's yeah like fly absolutely fishing it's great williams like did the same thing for a while people were like town's dead but tourism is way better because dead. it's it's a more um it's more depression proof it's more like impervious to economic hardship it's just full of mobsters that's why it's no because people always want to go on vacation <laughs> and vacations don't cost much on their own it's what you do on vacation that costs money so where's logging costs what? a lot of money what do you feel about uh you know speaking of logging like they're taking that Enbridge pipeline, you know, it sounds like it's probably going to die. Uh, out so. on the, but that's not logging, though. I know, but uh, the the impact that that has on that area, um, just in general, just for the province, you know, yeah, that that's, again, selling uh, the interests of the people down the river. Oh, it's a total crock of shit, because there's nobody in the places that live there, so it's... It wants to cut a path line through a part of town that there's not a lot of people that live there, so... Does it make you feel like maybe, I don't know, that it's okay then? Like you, you no, can... God no. It's just dumb. Why, <laughs> why mess with it? It's the stupidest idea ever. And it's done under the banner of like giving Canadians jobs. But it's only going to give like a thousand permanent jobs. That's right. It's like not really. And you're shipping oil to China. It's like how does that really help anybody in BC at all? But it's in an area that if there was a spill would be impossible to get to. It's, it would take days to, to act. There's no roads. It's cutting through, like, r- rainforest and, like, steep cliffs and mountains and inlets and, like, active passes that are just impossible to navigate in huge oil tankers. So, no. No, no to I'm the not open. a fan of the Enbridge Pipeline going on record right now and saying, not a fan. I would say that it sounds Enbridge horrible. suck it. Yeah. It sounds it, dumb. It sounds horrible. Like, if you can't find anything better to do, like... Then just put a pipeline through somewhere where you're gonna a company that has like nine spills a year or something in it's like can't you find anything better to do to spend your money? <laughs> they gotta poison people, man. That's what they do. They ship oil to China and China doesn't care, I don't think. They just want cheap energy. So whatever if you were like, yo, we got solar or something or some other they just want cheap energy. So What do you think's gonna happen first? Do you think the uh, the Chinese economy will will pop and burst and just no, that's completely around you think. don't think that's gonna happen? No. China's been around forever. Like America's been around for like 250 years, and we're like, yeah, we're this world power. And Canada's like younger than that. China's been around for thousands of years, and it's like there's so many, and it's like we everyone owes them so much money, yeah. and it's like I'm not too worried about China no. right now. Well, I I was thinking the other day about China, and I was thinking like it's it's weird that uh, 
between like Mandarin and Cantonese. Like you think about this, okay? In Canada, a land of immigrants, there's probably about I don't know what nine, ten languages spoken on the regular in Canada, but only two officially are accepted as official languages. And then of those two, ninety-five percent of the population, maybe more, doesn't speak this. Doesn't the second speak one, it, yeah. Right. So I was thinking about that, and I was like, okay, well, that that's the product of what happens when you mix several multiculturals uh, together right that that's going to be a, a mixing pot like that but you look at all the english speaking like all the english speaking countries of all time in the world uh wherever a colony has been basically set up which there was a few that's right if you look at those english has only really varied in dialect really you know it's only like and dialect only changes uh in north to south that's see, generally that's in, weird, in my, right? Because of migra- or I don't know if it's because of migration patterns. But. That's odd, though. But like, isn't um, that odd? But you, you look at China, and China has Cantonese, and uh, just the differences between Mandarin and Cantonese, and that's like look at the landmass of China compared. Mm-hmm. You know, so that I've always found that kind of an well, Canada is a weird thing because we're so damn big and like so far away from anybody but we're supposed to pretend that what happens in ottawa is relevant to what happens in bc when it really we're closer to mexico city than we are to, to yeah. ottawa so is is north america like a a new thing then it's like it's pretty new right like pretty new really yeah like relatively well if you talk of old world power like you know england's been around for a while been having their hands in the pot for a while france and portugal and all yeah. these ships that had navies in the 1400s and all that stuff china's been around for longer than that you know china been around for a really long time and uh what like their navy like just to have no i just mean like there's no country i mean you could say the romans are still around but the romans aren't nearly as prominent now as the chinese are like (laughs) pompey fucked those guys up it's just like (laughs) there comes a point where you have to realize that somebody's been winning for a long time and it's like modern recent politics can't affect it that much china's been around for a long time really but but china's like it just seems so big. Like, is it? Is it? It's so it's as big, big as Canada. Uh, I don't mean geographically. I just mean population. Like population. The density over there. It's got to be like one to ten. Yeah, it's probably know? crazy. I don't know. I can't speak. Never been to there, but I've certainly seen pictures of it. it. Seems like populated. But I feel the same way about Los Angeles or anywhere that's like, overpopulated, some populated, populated city. Like, yeah. there's only so much you can comprehend until you go there and you see how that much population lives in the city before it actually sinks in but it makes people angry man when they live on top of each other it makes, pe- it makes people more aggravated people become more agitated it's just an, i don't know it's, it's interesting the way that uh the more space you have and i think that comes back to the small towns like when you look at a small town you have the you have the room that if you didn't want to hang you don't have to hang that kind of space you oh yeah just i come to places like got very rural Right. Yeah. So even coming to Vancouver was like it's such a big city. Yeah. <laughs> this is still considered the big city. When my family talks to me, they're like, "Always oh, over in Vancouver, such a big city." <laughs> oh God. And I, I'm like, man, this is probably the smallest big city I've ever been to. This it is because uh, it's uh, it's spread out. Yeah. I mean, here we are in Port Coquitlam right now, and then we're not, not even in Vancouver. Jesus here Christ. we are in Agassiz right <laughs> now. <laughs> You know, we're in this, uh, you know, this condo out in Hope. It pretty much, if it's east of Commercial, it's Burnaby, and if it's east of Boundary, it's Fraser Valley for me. So, what what are you, uh, you know, you're really on the geography right now? I love geography. Also, gonna go on record saying it's my favorite category in trivial pursuit. 
Well, that makes a lot of sense because you, you've toured so much. Even in the and last as a kid, year. though, even in school, I like geography. How many times have you been on tour this year? This year? Yeah. Not that much because I did all that home reno stuff. So I didn't. I only toured once this year. I only left the province once. That was beginning of this project. I would say... Uh, what, am I making noise? Yeah, that, you hear that tap? I don't know if people can hear that. They're probably getting so mad. Somewhere out, out there in radio <laughs> they land. They're like, this guy will stop tapping. We'll edit tapping. that out in post. Don't worry about it. That's probably not going to happen. That that I'll I'll leave that right in. Yeah, <laughs> you'll at least take out me asking to take it out in post. Oh no, that's Fuck. oh maybe I'll see how it goes. Uh, I'll just make it peak horribly and then. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would say if you've only been out once this year, that's still one more time than most people. I what was your experience like then? Did it was know? great. It was awesome. It seems to be getting better every time. And I hear you about the touring. Um, I don't think that people tour enough. People think there's a lot, especially in Vancouver, and that it's not coming down on them. But there's a lot of things like the seeds, the Sea Fox Seeds program, or right. the Peak Performance, more famously the Peak Performance Project, right? Where it's like not at all begrudging that style, the whatever played, because there's a lot of great bands that come through there, right? But they're really all about hanging out and waiting to get famous, kind of like <laughs> it's like I made the top twenty of the peak that's great and i it's like my vancouver shows are now going to be good but like let's see you go to kenora and play so for me it was always like i could yeah. never wait around yeah to get especially if vancouver shows weren't always awesome it was like well you know i've that's always had a great right? time in edmonton so i'm just gonna go on tour so like i may not draw worth a shit in vancouver or the people i do i'm grateful when they come but like i'm no dan mangan you know what i mean but at least I can go to any city in Canada and have a few people that I could come out to. And that's always been more important for me to go and do it myself rather than wait for it to come to me. So. You know, though, I, I look at it maybe in a different perspective in terms of, you know, these guys. Like, I, I totally, I I kind of feel what you feel a little bit about these guys. Like they, You know who I'm talking about. They, they always seem to be involved but they're never really moving beyond that involvement stage. They just want to get Vancouver famous. That's right. Vancouver famous. They want to be the local guy. They want to be able to uh, put on a show and just know a certain number of people show up. And I don't know. Like, I think uh, one of the ways I identify with you is like our, our own ambitions are, are so high. They're, they're much bigger than, than what is being offered. Yeah. And I, I think a lot of that stems from, uh, again, the, the infrastructure isn't there. Where's the Vancouver is a tough city, know, man. Where, like, it's a tough city to fuck, man. Like, it must be really tough. I I'd say, uh, you know, you you saw kind of the uh, one of the heights of uh, the punk scene here in the city. I even before, like when we were in school before. Was it before? When was the Olympic? No, it was earlier. But when I first came to, yeah, like oh five before the bid. You remember all those bumper yeah. stickers? Like I'm backing the bid. Backing the bid. It's like before the bid was announced, Vancouver was so awesome. It was pretty rad. There was man. so many venues, and it was so cheap to get drunk. You could buy weed from the doorman at the Canby. It was pretty it was chill. Like, it was yeah. everyone was fucking stoned all the time. It was like Vancouver was really, really awesome. Two thousand four. Two thousand four. You know what I mean? And I moved in 05. Up so until I, like 2010, that. really, it still was okay. But more and more bars and venues and places got closed down and more and more bigger bars opened up that I can never play. Like, like what? Like Pop 3... No, just kidding. <laughs> I played Pop 340 before. But. Dude, that, that was one of the first Cambridge shows I ever saw. Was that was a great place for punk rock show Dude, for I sure. Dude, when they cleaned house, that was the issue, right? The owners... I, I, there was a lot of speculation. I don't actually know. Can't say for sure what happened. But For folks who don't know, that in Vancouver, 
there used to be so many venues and so many great places you can go watch it's the music. Hole, hole in the wall. Hole venues, in the like, wall. Li- like little spots, you, like a bistro, anything. There would be so many spots. And then uh, after the Olympic bid, it just it, it well, winded down. Well, the city down. bought like 20 properties. That's right. That, that happened was, to house like three or four of those dirty gin joint bars. So we're just closed down yeah. and renovated right away kind of thing. <laughs> and then even the big ones, like nothing was safe. Richards on Richards used to be the mm. most famous place to go watch music in Vancouver other than Commodore. It Dude, was so awesome Richards on Richards was one of my it favorite It was the hangover venues. heaven place because of the, yeah. the balcony. Like if you were shit hammered or like you needed a break but still wanted a front row seat to watch a band you could go up to the top, top balcony, balcony and just yeah. like lean over and you'd still have a great view but you were removed from the main floor it was such an awesome place I love that show. place I saw shout out 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 those guys are rad and uh, I saw them my f- very first time seeing them was at Richards on I, Richards Richards on and Richards and that was a killer show that was actually like some Juno after party or something I don't uh, even remember yeah. but they, they were playing it or maybe it was a pre-show I don't understand yeah, what well, they was, but, Richard on uh, Richard used to do a lot of the uh, early, early show, kick everybody out at eleven for nightclub scene on Friday, Saturdays. So. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, but that's can... fine. I'll take that over anything else. You know, Yo, like, you're listening to DJ Nuketech IT. Or it'd be funny like to go to a <laughs> punk show on Richards on Richards and just see a, like a whole lineup of bar star crowd outside, Fucking waiting to get in in the freezing cold when there's all these greasy punk rockers like oh, trying to God. stumbling out of this this place. What's your opinion on the man purse? What do you get? You know, you see these guys in the line. The man purse, the bar stars. You got these. You ever seen that? I yet? don't hang out in bar line. You ever seen that? I don't know how you're spending your Friday nights. Well, I, I spend mine out. Yeah, in, I produce, well, first of all, I produce a few different types of groups, and one of those groups involves. It's true. You're involved in the music that plays in those yeah, bars, you know, more and than like so. I see a couple of different styles, but the fact is, you know, I personally don't like the man purse very much, and. You know, these I've guys, often thought that a purse is a convenient storage, and I, yeah. you know, like what is it though? It's it's pretty, it's pretty like uh, well, sheltered. it's only if you've got anything more than a wall and a phone is the thing. But sometimes you don't have anything more than a wall and a phone. But if you do, it sucks weighing down your pockets with that's extra true. stuff. I mean, going to a show, I bet you, if I could wing it, it would be. And fine, if it gets but... you out of a coat check, all the better too, because I hate checking coats at oh. places because it's just an extra lineup, extra money to pay, and extra, extra lineup to wait at that's what I on hate. the way out. I remember uh, one time I was at the, uh, I think it used to be called the Wild Coyote, but now it's called uh, Motel or Hotel or something. What? Where? Yeah. Um, that's like South Van, like 62nd and fucking, I don't know where it was, but it's by the airport. Oh, who goes out there? Dude, we, we've we uh, had a few acts open for a few guys. Saw Killer Priest out there. Saw kids open for Killer Priest. And um, I think it was that show. I walked in. <laughs> I was with Liz and a couple other people we picked up on the way in. And uh, as we were walking in, the the girl's like, "Oh, there's a mandatory coat check," and I was just wearing a hoodie, yeah. and and I said, "Okay, well, I'll check my coat when I have one." Yeah, <laughs> just I like walk coat, right, so yeah, just walk right by her. She's like, "Mandatory coat okay. check." Okay, just like, yeah, she just left it. I was like, "Well, when I have a coat, I'll check it." <laughs> or like they did. I once got kicked out of a nightclub for wearing a hat because there was just like the sh- shittiest. Dumb nightclub ever this is when i, I actually know. would ever dare to go to a nightclub but i'm kind of hypocritical that way though you know if i'm at a restaurant if i'm paying more than 30 dollars a plate and i look over and some guy's wearing his fucking hat that drives me just crazy. drives me nuts yeah it oh. kills my mom too at the dinner table but oh well in a nightclub it's fucking stupid well in a nightclub it's like because this place of, of word know. of note to close the deal was called the boom boom room to let you know where the, was this the caliber of quality it's in where victoria victoria <laughs> so it was like you know you're gonna call your bar the boom boom room wait and then, did it used to be a strip club 
Probably. I don't know. No, I don't think so. I did a few shows down there in Victoria. And uh, right, right one of them the was harbor. a former strip club. I don't remember the name of it. Former strip club, uh, Sopranos. Oh, I don't know. I'd remember that. I think I, <laughs> I remember if I played it. It used place to be called, called The Ice House when it was a strip mm. club. The Ice House. Jesus. I saw Face to Face and Gob there once. It was good. Really? Gob, man. Uh, Theo used to be my favorite dude from Gob. Oh, yeah? Yeah. I, I, uh, I had his autograph somewhere. Gob was one of those sweet bands that like played everywhere. They were always like super famous in BC because they played every little small town. Dude, I can't believe uh, that uh, I, I actually can still to this day, you know, remember like Theo and those bands. I I think when they had it, they came out there. You mean? Well, do you remember like at one point it was weird how much Gob was in the media because they had that uh, song on Stir of Echoes. Oh, yeah, that was way later then. Yeah. yeah, they played way before that in the small town. Oh, for sure. No, like, my favorite song by them is a Soda Pop or Soda Yeah, can. that's... Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm yeah. I want to jump in a lake. Yeah, no, that's <laughs> a hot summer day song, for sure. In the summer. Fucking love that shit. That was when they were touring all the little small towns yeah. in BC, Is that sure. when you saw them, then? That's the that first era? time I saw them was yeah. Too Late No Friends, yeah. They're pretty rad. Eh? Like, you know, coming from uh, your own punk band, Cambridge, do you feel like uh, uh, you... Would you take anything from them? Me as and James Canadian? definitely did because me and James, our drummer, were definitely from. Yeah, we're both from Williams Lake. I could see that. And we partied. Gob party went to James's house. They played Williams Lake, and they came and partied at James's house afterwards. Really? So we always had like soft spot for Gob for sure. Really? What was what was that? Uh, what was that like? Like were they uh, just hanging out, dudes? Ah, oh, sweet. I was probably only seventeen. So you I said this was like that much. the era where like they had they were just kind of popping. Too late, no friends. They just come out. Pretty they just much. come their out. First album. Yeah, that's pretty cool. So they're just kind of like tasting it for the first and they're yeah, still no, just hanging out pretty much yet that's pretty cool man but they uh yeah they were fun that's they knew how to party for sure the drummer was called wolfman pat and he was crazy he was a maniac you've had many interactions with a lot of guys you know you just opened up for uh mr chai pig chai from pig. uh <laughs> how, how that, that was show? a hell of a show yeah it was actually me and ben's set were really good and it was fun and there was a lot of people came out and we had a good time singing some songs but chai pig was a disaster Really, all due respect to how good he is. Sometimes he, ah, you know, that's the second nice. time I've heard that though. You just, know, no. well, load. it wasn't technically. I didn't expect to be, have my doors blown off by the performance. Really, it's him acoustic though, right? It's like, him acoustic though. But like a lot of people, when they pick up acoustic guitars from being in punk rock bands, they think they have to sing. You have a huge change. <laughs> they're singing. Yeah. You know, they think they have to get all like Hootie and the Blowfish on it when it's like. Your vocals are kind of the one thing you don't need to change as much. Yeah, like, that's you. That's your lyrical. You passion. can yeah. you can just you have to sing with the same intensity if the song's intense to begin with, or else it's just going to seem half-assed. You know, you can't just cut an intense song in half and mouth the words. It's kind of like I think if you were to like even do any type of manipulation to it, like you gotta. I, I don't know if I was him. The intensity that he would be expecting usually from a live show from SNFU for him to be like, oh, I'm going to do these songs acoustic. He has to know it's going to be like somewhat removed. It was you know? very removed, though, way far removed. To beyond? That's oh, the second time like I've heard that. Volume about base. It was like... Volume. Like, oh, it was slowed right Allegedly. down. It was, yeah, it was, <laughs> Allegedly. It was... It was, it was, it was I mean... I love SNFU songs, so I can listen to them. It's like Joey Cape or Tony Sly or any of these old guys that yeah. I grew up on. I, you can just be singing them as Christmas carols if you like. I'll listen to you sing all day long. It doesn't bother me a bit. When Shockload opened up for uh, SNFU, I think it was Chai's 50th birthday or yeah. something. And uh, um, Shockload 
crushed it, man. And uh, I heard from a few people afterwards because I, I didn't stay for all of SNFU, but people are saying that Shockload was the best group that night. And that was uh, that's uh, the second time now where I've kind of seen a miss. You know? Well, I mean, it's not SNFU like you remember it. It's like Taipei with a backing band. and Yeah, oh, I know, I know. It's like if you want to watch Kiss or something now. It's, it's, well, it's at least like, Kiss is still all the four members, but no, yeah, no. I don't no. think Kiss gets together unless it's the four members. Ace, well, hold on. Peter Chris hasn't been a part of that for no. A well, long see, you seem like time. a Kiss fanatic. No. This Kiss memorabilia, like, you guys can't tell out there, but <laughs> there's just Kiss stuff everywhere, everywhere. around this whole place. Just action glitter. figures from every decade. Action figures, huge and Gene Simmons poster on the wall. Ah, <laughs> uh, see, I didn't know that. I just assumed this Kiss wouldn't get together unless. Wait it was till the done. show goes video, and you, you'll see the the reality. Of what he's saying, it's uh you know, it's either true or it's, it's, it's either, either going to be true or it's going to be a lie. It's going to be a lie. It's going to be know. one of the two. Might you be guys true. have to just. Am I the sort of person to just lie to you? Do you do you feel like uh, that's okay then? Like, would you ever in the future say the back catalog of Cambridge gets bought out, but the other guys don't want to play? It was already like that. That's why no, not back catalog got bought or anything. But there was the point of like, how many members can you replace before you just it's a different band. That's right. So that, well, that I, pretty much question already answered. It's like I don't want to replace anybody. Well, if Cambridge those people don't well, want to yeah. do it anymore. Then it's like a, Cambridge had a solid run, though. You know, like you guys did a lot of like a lot of work. Every release you guys had was bang on. You had a lot of good press for people. Oh yeah, I but think, we also toured with two makeup bands. Yeah, well, okay. Still though, I I think that like you guys have there's something extra there a little dope you know but i mean in a hypothetical like hypothetical dope yeah hypothetical dope I no was... i agree i'm not i'm not disagreeing i just mean that there was a point where the last tour we went which was kind of it was the funnest for me because it was yeah. like, every tour gets easier you want me to keep talking yeah you keep he's talking. giving me the wrap it up fingers like no you wrap him. it up b <laughs> <laughs> no i'll talk i'll talk for a long time about it. good no tell me about it i'm gonna grab you a beer that's all i'm doing yeah grab that last of that beer this quality premium lager kidding it's not lager folks I'd like to shout out to driftwood driftwood breweries in victoria bc but every tour you book gets a little easier so that last cambridge tour was fun because it was not that stressful for me like the first couple were super there's nothing left in this he spilled my beer on the ground i didn't spill nothing um it's talking a good game what was that you were saying sorry uh so it was funnest for me because it was the least stressful much like this last two weeks was the funnest because it was came together and this tour came together with no sweat at all so it just gets easier which makes it funner i would but, say that uh, but it was also two non-original members in there we had two fill-in musicians on it so yeah but uh you know uh i don't know that last let's see when paul replaced terry on bass yep uh i always thought terry was rad and yeah, it, was. Uh, it was kind of a shock for me when he wasn't involved anymore because uh, being a pure fan, I just kind of showed up one day and it was like he wasn't there anymore. But seeing that Paul was involved, you know, it was weird is I always just kind of considered Paul like a part of Cambridge. He was. That's why he was the first person we went to. Yeah. Right? Isn't that weird, though? Like that. No, it's because him and Paul, him and Eric are. Yeah, he's, him and Rom-Com. And carrots. Yeah, Rom-Com. Eric Rom-Com. They hang out. So was, Paul was always around. So he was the first choice. When you guys uh, were writing guitar parts, um, was it ever uh, like someone took the lead, or did you guys do it? I wrote the guitar parts, and then Eric played rhythm on top. Yeah, of it. Eric's rhythm though is crazy underrated. I, I think he has. He's good. Yeah, he's super solid. Just, yeah, man, I, I really really like his guitars. You know, it it kind of gives that. I don't know between 
it's one of those rare moments where the perfect mix of the instruments between each member of the band was like very nicely laid out you know like like oh man james uh like james awesome drummer dude Anyways, like, james on drums psycho like fucking so good and you know what's really crazy is when i see punk bands uh probably you, with the you exception hold them all up to the bar of james. yeah yeah like you know like you know i probably with the exception of uh uh you know i, I like jameson from shockload uh, he's a good guy yeah, he's a good but, guy uh, but uh you know there's it's a different style entirely you know like there's balls to the wall and then there's balls to the wall you know the the other the other styles and i, I just feel like um when cambridge kind of again you guys didn't really like uh pack it in what you guys played that last show how did that go i i went to that last i went to like as try to see you guys as many times you were there fuck yeah i was uh it was I, great i saved what was her name she was in the pit and uh right around the first oh, guitar yeah. chord as soon as it went down this fucking full pit <laughs> <laughs> this decent this full pit of kids at uh this cambridge show just fucking went psycho and just yeah started, it was really fun yeah it was it was pretty violent it was awesome and uh i saved what was her name dude she, oh stephanie from shrugs oh yeah steph cole steph cole yeah she she was like right beside me and she just kind of looked up like hey and all of a sudden Boom! This elbow snapped out of nowhere, and I was like, "Jesus Christ!" That floor at Funkies gets so it becomes a skating rink when it gets covered in beers. It's stupid. I, I remember thinking, like, "Ah, oh, it's a good show." The last show, I'm like, "Save a life," you know? I was okay. No, it was. I had. Uh, I love that show. It was fun. I'd like to play more. It's just to the point where I just didn't want to write any more songs when there was no, like potential to keep on moving and the guys had families and stuff there's no uh, yeah it was growing you, you know again right, right moves made by everybody fuck yeah man you guys went out fucking hard and uh it's not even been on the shelf for real right it's just like you guys are no i'd play again for sure. we had one more song that we want uh, we uh had to record that i would like to record soon oh yeah like a, like a one-off no, single it's just like i never stop writing songs ever even with acoustic or cambridge like i always have a new song so there was a point where we cut off for this is not a victory and we went on tour and we came back but every time we jam I would always have a new idea so we actually had one done finished before well, it just we stopped playing together so is it a is it a fast song or oh it's a banger like... yeah no it's a banger <laughs> for sure asking a punk guy if his song's fast is it a fast song well not fuck fast punks it's always it always walks the line of being gone like there's only ever it's never super popular that style of punk rock. It's like it well, comes like, in really. That's fast. Like, people are favorite, offended dude. by the tempo sometimes. Even if you look at what's popular in the punk rock scene right really? now, none of it's really fast. Really? Yeah. I would I would say that um, the faster the band, the more I I dig it. When I'm trying to listen to punk, that's what I want. I want something fucking balls to the wall. I want Max. It's just I not the style to, right now. More pop punk kind of stuff. Pop punk, but not like singing about girls kind of stuff. Just not not fast. Essentially, like the same right. sort of thing. So like one fast. end of the spectrum's like goddamn simple plan or something. Yeah, right. That's a, that's <laughs> so simple a far, plan. That's a far end of the far spectrum, far one end, and then on the other end, who who would you put there? On the far, well, it depends on. I mean, there's a line where the far end of fast punk goes into the slow end of fast metal and it's like yeah well that, that blurs it, yeah, it yeah, graduates sure. on and it's like progressive yeah i know but what, what would you say where would you put the other like where it ends basically i would go with the gold standard of propaganda of pretty much being able to like play it fast and slow at the same time Fucking and me. and keep it relevant and keep your words meaning something and like or no effects you know i'm an unabashed no effects fan 
They have not slowed down. They've never let me down. They've played that was some shit for no sure. Effects. But they've never like put out an album that was disappointing to me. That's true. And Even the no solo stuff from like Mike and shit. Fat Mike's never really done much solo stuff. But that no, hold on. My brother Jordan. You Jordan McDonald. Up. Jordan McDonald played me some solo shit. He's got a couple songs that he squeaked yeah. on here and there. I'm not gonna lie, like I know the discography. But yeah, no, he did play me but some that's solo just shit. an example of a I band like that, that was, has like. It's nice to have a band that and all the, that has put out as many albums as No Effects that has never let you down. There's no one album that's like, oh boy, that one was a fucking stinker. What, like, what was a band that let you down? Sophomore album. Sophomore, like their second one. Yeah. What was a band? Second album. Yeah. I don't know of any band that I really am crazy about that's let me down on their second album. Is it for you? It's all or nothing. Like, no, for me it's like later on because a lot of the bands that I listen to like start off punk. They start off underground, yeah, and then they have a couple records where they're super underground, but they get popular and they end up signing to a major label or something, and that's when they go downhill. Rarely is it like your first album picks hot steam and then your second album is big. It doesn't really happen that much in the style. It seems like. Seems like, I don't know. When I, not too many albums let me down. Yeah, honestly. when I, when I ask you that, I you know. It but comes there's to some mind. like I mean, as a kid, Offspring was like Offspring oh, was my first example of like a band that I would have knifed somebody for. Yeah, just I'm not, like yeah. breaking my heart with lameness. Oh like, man! Like, when, oh my uh, god! This is the same band, The Road Ignition. Like you're kidding, right? Me. Dude, Smash was Even my Smash favorite was awesome. album. Yeah, Smash when I was heard my that dr- song about traffic where it's like stupid uh, dumb yeah. shit. Drivers are rude. <laughs> I was like, you can't say that in songs. Exactly, you, you can't say that. And then it's like, and then their next album was like the first song oh, off yeah. their major label was All I Want, and it was so good. I'm like, it's All I Want. I'm like, this is awesome, <laughs> Offspring. But then everything they've that released since then as this is a good All I Want rendition. I those, love All I Want. One of my favorite songs. Smash is my, one of my favorite albums of all time. No question. When yeah. it comes on, take a look at your CD. I think I used to try to copy yeah, that guy. To relax. I think even voiceovers I've done now, if your I really traced it back, it's probably that guy. It's you that know? guy. <laughs> I don't. Even, I don't even know who that guy is. Yeah, I, no, I, I've tried to copy does. that guy. Time like, to relax. Max, send your favorite movie or sit yeah. Easy Chair. And oh, this man. compact disc playing on your home stereo. <laughs> what does he say? Music soothes even the savage yeah. beast. <laughs> da, 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 yeah, it's awesome. And then you know shit. they did Pretty Fly for a White Guy, and it's just like, oh my man. god. You know, I I can't. I don't know. It that when that came out, that, that was, was your, like that was your jam. Yeah. Oh yeah. Ooh, that's my jam. <laughs> yeah, dude, pump that in the Red Tempest. <laughs> yeah, that was good. Not a single possible chance. Yeah, that, that's actually my my example. I didn't really like Offspring's sophomore record. That didn't like like Smash was their f- no Smash was, was their, their sophomore was their sophomore. For me though, I didn't get into it. Smash was like the first record I heard. So when I heard the next one, I've oh, always yeah. considered it like that. Yeah, I, I never really got into because Ignition was their first one. Dude, sure. that album though fucking crushes. Like even that uh, you ever hear, you know the secret song on Smash on on Offspring it's like. Yeah, I do. It's I can't remember like what it is right now. Indian though. sitars of like uh, oh, come yeah. out and play. Down, 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 down. Oh yeah, down, yeah. Down, 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 down. <laughs> that was good, man. That was a good record. I'm trying you... to think of a band that's really let me down on the sophomore album. Was uh was leftover crack ever your shit or was that I like was more crack, Eric? Yeah. yeah. No, I like leftover crack for sure. Eric Romerol, fuck me. Rom like... squads. His uh again. I'm gonna text him right now and tell him we're talking about him on the video. <laughs> his his work uh, on all three records. Would you, did he ever uh, express to you a favorite song that he had in the Cambridge uh, Library? Uh, I don't know. 
He never expressed to me, no, he was never like flat out, this is my favorite song. That never happened? No? No. I guess uh, my imagination regarding the situation is completely different. It's hard to different. get a favorite song because it's like, <laughs> for us, the favorite song was always whatever song we were playing at the time. Like, new songs were always good. Really? So it was pretty cool. What about when uh, members would enter their own songs? Like uh, when Terry had his new song, TNS, or Paul had his new song, <laughs> I PNS. wish it would happen more. I was always wanting people to add more of their own songs in there, so... I love for me it was like anybody added anybody anything on their own knew it was good for me. Although that was me. <laughs> TNS is a misnomer for sure. Oh yeah, I uh, I would like to say that despite the uh, the several group changes and even uh, when James came back that was cool. Yeah, um, James never left. We just, he just couldn't tour right. Like his he was having some family troubles. Albeit and, though, if you put yourself in the shoes of someone who had never seen Cambridge, right. And they're out there in the crowd, and they they heard this band is this and that, and they come out and they watch this you. Band ain't shit. <laughs> well, they watch you and they're like, "All right, cool. This is this is Cambridge." But then uh, you hear it with James, and I, I as a long term fan would be like, "No, no, that's." But yeah, in the same, reality. I would defend Guff though too because like Guff well, came Guff's on our first tour, he had yeah. two weeks notice, mm-hmm. and he I had, remember seeing he you learned the... all the songs. So the first tour, he was just like trepidatious about playing it right what venue was that so was by like the end of the shop? by the end of the second tour though like guff was killing it just as much as james was i, I don't mind saying that Does guff play drums in raised by apes no no what that's pincher pincher who who played uh was, was there a crossover there from no guff not, play with not raised, but guff plays in loose tooth and that's he played it. in it. yeah him and plays, him, him he plays and contra code now but yeah no we played um when was the last time you saw Bryce from... Uh, I see Bryce all the time, so yeah. I don't see him all the time, yeah. Loose Tooth is so fucking core, man. I dig those guys. <laughs> They're fucking funny. Funny. Anyway, They're party man. starters, man. You bring them out to a spot. There's been several oh, yeah. times. They can, they can play anywhere, man. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Those guys are good. I like but- those guys. Well, I wouldn't say they're good, but they certainly <laughs> they certainly know how to play. Can you tell can you tell everyone listening uh a little bit about Loose Tooth and just like the lineage of actually carrying around lost Loose teeth? Loose Tooth and... is dental core. <laughs> it's like three chord punk rock kind of stuff, old old Scott style punk rock, but it's they have a charismatic frontman who takes dental enthusiasm to a whole new level. So Bryson Lyons. Bryson Lyons, yeah. Yeah, every song is like not every song, but they have a lot of songs about teeth, and they generally have a tooth theme going. And if you have any teeth, he will take them. I don't know if he will anymore. What's that one called? Uh, it was, I remember. I don't fucking remember the name of this. But you can uh, help which me one? Out. You which, can help. You can help me So many classics. Poop on the peepee. America Jesus. suck my dick. <laughs> suck my dick, America. What? What's yeah. the one where he's like, I, I'll beat up my dad or something? I believe that song is just called Dad. I'm not sure. <laughs> That's a good one. I was, I was like, "What's the name of the song?" Or maybe "Hey Dad." Yeah, I remember being at some some uh, venue, some skate ramp venue. You guys were playing on some fucking. I don't know. They shut that venue down too. There's another Olympic casually. And oh uh, yeah, that big, huge, the big one or the one in North Van sweatshop or something. The sweatshop. Yeah, we played two. uh, We played one in North Van too. That was that was by Hastings and uh, Hastings and fucking Broadway. Uh, no, Hastings, no, Hastings and Broadway. Hastings and commercial. Have you ever been to Vancouver? Jesus See, out here in Christ. out here in Surrey, <laughs> out here in Cloverdale. We out don't, here in Clo- out here in the the deep south of Delta. Yeah, oh. no. Uh, I believe you mean to say Hastings and Victoria area. That's right. Close to that. I say commercially. God damn it. No, because at that level, commercial and Victoria are two different streets. I know. 
And that's where I was trying to. It's it's where I said you don't know where you, you don't, don't even know, know where you live. I'm picturing man. it right now. Google map in my head. You don't even know. So anyway, he, he's never been to Vancouver. Before. I was there and I heard okay. that beat up your dad song, and that was a good song. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it was more mostly because you just see the guy and he's so happy. Bryson's always so fucking. Oh, happy. he's a character for sure. Yeah, he's no, rocking he's the hockey. Definitely... He still rock the hockey. No, he's see? actually got an a- kind of an afro, more of a Jerry curl now. Really? Yeah. No, it's it's a perm for sure. Is it a blonde? It's a perm that's grown out now. No, it's not blonde. This is natch. It's natch. <laughs> but it's uh, it's a natch. Well, yeah, the natch comes. Regardless through. of that, you know, um, you say rom rom com. Eric Romerl doesn't have a favorite. He never expressed to you. Well, that he, he had might a have a favorite. I don't know. Do you have a favorite? My What's favorite, favorite if play? I had to pick one, I love 10,000 Shares. I don't know why. I just love playing that 10, song. 10,000 Shares. It's always really fun. Um, it's off uh, This Is Not A Victory. All on the ground. Any favorite would be off of... Jewel Case Mafia is probably one of the dude, better lyrics dude, I've Dude, the wrote. lyrics on Jewel Case Mafia um, kick my ass every single time. Uh, there's a lot of favorites out there. I try not to write shitty songs, as dumb well, as that sounds. I tend to throw a lot of shit away. I have a quality control when I write. Not saying that I think all my songs are good, but... I, uh, if it doesn't make me feel stoked on it, I generally throw it away right away. As, even now with acoustic songs, like even when I write slow songs, like, there's not much of a revision process. No, no, honestly, like when I, I don't revise my songs at all, almost because I, I th- I'm really critical at the at start. All? No, not really. You... Like I'll, I'll, I'll smooth the vocals, like the vocal delivery out in my head, but that's it. Because usually I'll like. We well, self-produce all your shit. Yeah, but even if I had a producer, I don't think my songs would change that much because I don't. I write, I'm very critical when I write. Yeah. Because I would say, like, if we work together, I would definitely just... I think you already have everything down. Because do you know I, I, mean? I do a lot in my head. I sort yeah. shit out in my head all the fucking time. We got the mind for it. So man. I don't put it down. Like, I don't write words yeah. out. All my words are in my head. Like, I don't write words out ever. Well, do you know how many artists don't have any idea about what, like, beyond the actual scope of what they're doing? They don't... They don't really have a huge project vision. Do you know like how many? Yeah, I could see that for sure. Big time. And, and I've a worked, lot of working that... on my particular vision in my head for like 12 years now. So it's like, I, <laughs> it's I know what together. I want. And if it bores me, yeah. if it bores me in writing, I assume that it will bore everybody else in fruition. So I don't ever follow it through. So, so if, uh, if it's going to bore you and you don't do it, uh, I would say you probably would easily say you have a least favorite song then to play is there a least favorite song of my songs yeah oh shit yeah performing myself acoustic I, songs you know, you mean? yeah i know that. and there's songs where i'm always like half the first album is gone already yeah you really yeah oh really yeah. easy easy because i didn't know what i was doing i was still writing i was still in punk rock mode and i just wrote acoustic songs and they weren't half is it true were. i heard a rumor that you you took um the majority if not half that record from public domain half that record is exactly public domain songs. it is so these are well, songs public domain songs reworked some some of them are direct so these are songs are there for people that don't know uh that public domain will actually allow you they're, they're beyond the copyright yeah, limit 70 so, years after somebody dies after yeah, the 70, writer yeah, dies yeah. you can't it's anybody can do anything with it. and there's a whole catalog because there's a huge like folk song catalog database of old public domain songs that are either like so far forgotten or they just don't know who wrote them so they've just been submitted into the public domain can you imagine when billy jean is going to be public domain billy jean 
That's gonna be I can public well, domain. That's gonna be like it'll be a while. There'll, there'll be all got these like sports 70 shows. Years. <laughs> be Seventy years. When did MJ die? We got sixty-five years before that song will right? be up. That's gonna happen though. That, that's gonna be weird that there's gonna be these sports shows utilizing this public domain stuff. If you know, for other people, it's like you ever wonder where the song Ragtime came from? You know, like yeah. You don't know where that comes from. That's that's a public domain record. You know. Um. It used to be like things like Happy Birthday, but now no, I think MJ actually owned Happy Birthday, didn't? Yeah, he? Happy Birthday is owned <laughs> by somebody. That's weird that Michael Jackson owned Happy Birthday, uh, the song. That's why you can never people hear own it. a lot of shit. But that's see, that's that's one of the ones that will die sooner because it was written. It's not about the death of the copyright owner; it's the death of the author. Right. So like. That song, I believe, was written in the 50s, maybe, or something. I don't think the girl died until the 70s. That's when it changed hands. Really? When the copyright changed hands. So. Could you imagine being the inventor of probably one of the most popular songs of all time? And We were talking about this before. Tragic, tragic. People who, people who write songs that turns out tragic. Uh, the guy <laughs> what? who... What are you saying? On tour, we were talking about all these horrible things that people who write... Like, the guy who started because the guy who wrote Don't Worry, Be Happy killed himself. That's not true. That's true. That's not true. That's true. That's you know we... what? I I respect you as a man, but I have to tell you that that's not true. Oh yeah, well, film me. Wait, are you saying the guy who wrote it? The guy who wrote "Don't Worry, Be Happy," but not not the performer, not uh, not McFerrin. Or yeah, Bobby McFerrin. Oh, I I thought you meant Bobby McFerrin. I was like, hey, he's goddamn alive. He's doing seminars. You ever see Bobby McFerrin make the whole crowd sing? You ever see that before? No. He, he turns. Uh, he splits the crowd into like a, a quarter. So uh, uh, a quarter here, quarter here, quarter here, quarter here, and he, he splits up into four pieces, and then he assigns each part of the crowd a note, and he makes them learn it. Nice. And he plays the crowd like a keyboard, and he raises his hands when he goes over to the the side of the stage. It's this huge stadium. Yeah. And he does this like he goes over, and I think they actually played "Don't Worry, Be Happy," which is even more hilarious. So he used the whole crowd as an instrument. That's that's the kind of stuff I that's like. That's the that shit. Guy. It takes practice. We got to play big venues. That's what you got to do. It's the next step of performing when you play bigger places. Is you get in the crowd and something I'm trying to do more and more now, but it's hard. Is there an artist you like right now that uh, plays stadium level that you wish kind of played intimate again? In a more of a like a oh, two I or three hundred seater band, I wouldn't any band that I like at all. I'd like to watch in a basement. I'm the same. I I really you know what I I saw Roger Waters The Wall last year, and that was the second Roger Waters show I saw. I saw Dark Side of the Moon with my family. Oh yeah, uh, a while ago, and uh, that was rad. See, but, I bet he would suck in a basement though. Really? Because he Roger probably hasn't played Waters? that way in fucking forty years. Like he's probably done nothing but stadium yeah. shows in that whole time. So do you think it's kind of like when you first bubble into the arena? You know, like what's a band right now that's just starting to do arenas? What's a band? God, I don't know. I'm the wrong person to ask for this. You got? I, I'm booking tours. I don't got no, goddamn I just don't know. time. <laughs> I mean, I don't know who plays arena or who's been upgraded or what cl- even classifies as arena really. But um, I think. What was Shred Kelly? Shred Kelly could probably play some pretty big venues. I don't know. Maybe Did they play arena. Squamish? They might have, yeah. I don't, I don't know. know. They played a lot of big festivals. They did They did really well. We were talking about this. Uh, well, I was, because you're my first guest. <laughs> I thought this <laughs> was I, episode three. This is the first guest you've ever had? Yeah, you're my first guest. Sick! Yeah, you didn't know that? I didn't know. I didn't even really introduce care. you, really. I don't care. Ladies and gentlemen, um, this is Jesse Laborde. You've got to talk for two seconds, because <sighs> I've got to go... Oh, I see. He's going to step to the washroom. Whatever. You know, that's what happens when you drink two and a half Why don't you tell everybody about what's going on in your life right now? Oh, that's, uh, that's a good mission. I guess I could do that. 
You go. Uh, you know where you're going? No. He doesn't know where he's going. All right. Well, uh, the fact is, you know, I wanted Jesse on here because uh, he's a smart dude. And uh, he's touring. And, uh, you know, earlier, the last two episodes, I was asking you guys for feedback. And I wanted to hear what everyone was thinking about the show. Do you think it's half decent? Do you, uh, do you like it? Do you think uh, you want some music in the background? I don't know. It's, uh, it's changing. It's evolving. You know, I want people to listen to the first episode and say, okay, it's, uh, it's just Jamie. It's just MD with a mic. And he's just talking into it. And then uh, I want you to hear the second one and hear a bit more of the rant, the feedback. And then, you know, this is my first one with a guest. And uh, we'll go from there. You know, eventually, way in the future, you'll be listening to this. And mark my words, you'll say, man, he's come a long way. It's come a long way when you download this whole torrent or you steal it or whatever else happens in the future. (laughs) You're probably going to think to yourself, oh, yeah, I remember when I was uh, listening to that stuff. Or maybe not. Maybe the show dies after this. Maybe this is the last show. Who knows? Who got who really knows people? We're about to dip into the moonshine. Hey, why don't you grab that moonshine while you're up? Yikes. Yeah, grab that uh stuff. We were in Nashville in April and uh, I was down there with uh my girlfriend. Turn that water off. It's probably loud. Hey? Yeah. What? That water's probably super loud. It's <laughs> how real we're being right here. Just doing it live. Um I don't know where it is. It's on the top shelf. It's in the mason jar. <laughs> it says moonshine on it. <laughs> no, top of the goddamn stove. Yeah, the stove. Damn it, Jesse. What's so hard about doing it perfect the first time with no instructions? <laughs> Look at this mason jar. So he's bringing up the popcorn Sutton. Oh, it's so just th- at the top of the shelf. Which oh. shelf? I don't know. <laughs> you have a hundred fucking shelves in your room. <laughs> This uh, this oh, moonshine Eric. we're drinking is called it's popcorn. Eric. Let's ask Eric the hard-hitting questions. Oh, yeah. Okay. We're going to sip on that. Pass me that moonshine for a second. What there. is it. your favorite... Cambridge song. Cam... Bridge... <laughs> Cambridge. Song. Oh. Hey, uh, pass me that popcorn, Sutton, now that you're done texting live. Popcorn, That Sutton. was super entertaining. Did you guys hear him texting? That was great. Pass me that. You see that six on the top? G-Tone tells me that. You guys can see this right now. It's got three X's, and the guy's name is Popcorn Sutton. <laughs> he looks like somebody's grandpa, for sure. He's or the he looks last like of... the guy who beat up and robbed your grandpa back in the yeah, 70s. Yeah, he, he looks like a, a real moonshiner. Uh, he's pretty legit. This... He's a third-generation moonshiner. What does it say on his... Uh, read, read part of that... Uh, part of... What does that say? Marvin Popcorn Sutton was a third-generation moonshiner that lived and made his moonshine in Cock County, Tennessee, <laughs> but claimed both Tennessee and North Carolina as home. Popcorn was known throughout the South and the world for making the best liquor, L-I, that's a, in quotations, L-I-K-K-E-R, liquor, <laughs> anyone had ever tasted. <laughs> Everyone close to Popcorn knew he never gave a fox. That's an F triple X. That's a joke on the name of the moonshine. Although it says it's moonshine, but it's only forty six percent. It's pretty pretty, pretty weak ass moonshine. That's a pretty good time there. Okay, what do you think Eric Romerell's favorite Cambridge song is? I'm yes. gonna say uh, "Judge by Melody" because he's probably gonna cater to my needs. <laughs> Billboards, nice. Billboards, nice. It's because he sings in it. Is that <laughs> ask him if it's because he sings in it? It's a podcast or small towns. Small towns is uh, also my favorite. I have too many favorites from Cambridge. You guys have too many good songs. Speaking of new songs, you got uh, you got some pretty good successes happening lately. Hit some shine here. Wow. 
Ugh. All right, ladies I and gentlemen. Smell. You can clean this up all the moonshine smells like you expect it would. Hey, everybody, take a sniff. Oh yeah. Oh, this is this is the mm, weakest moonshine. This is so weak. And he's just now you can't even smell it. Oh yeah, take a sip of that. Oh god. Yeah, you like that? That's oh. <laughs> oh, it's not so bad. It's good shit. It's Pass actually, out here. It's got three three phases. Hits you once on the tongue, <laughs> again in the back, and then about five seconds later with a spine shake. <laughs> That's a good one. Whiskey. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to let you clean up the uh, broken glass that Jesse just caused with that whistle. Uh, I'm going to take a sip of this. Hey, uh, it's a podcast. Why don't you tell them about uh, who you're newly signed to? Actually, the ones we haven't wrote are my fave. That makes no sense. I'm talking to Eric Romo right here. That makes no sense. Mm. Kitty. We got a cat going crazy here in the background. How long is this your podcast anyway? We've been talking for honestly almost an hour. Yeah, I've I've been aiming for about an hour. You know, I don't know how are your legs feeling. You feel like you uh, feel want fine. some more moonshine? Your phone's ringing. People trying to get me to come watch MMA tonight and drink. Oh man, let's talk about how much I love mixed martial arts. What is it about that mixed martial arts you don't like? I just think it's the worst way to possibly spend your time. Really? A bunch of the fucking worst people. Way? Worst possible way. That this is worse kind. than jabbing heroin thing. in your cock or yeah, something? because at least heroin, somebody's getting high. What's happening is you're <laughs> sitting around watching either live Jesus. or you're watching a fucking TV of a bunch of people, male or female. It's not a gender-based thing. Just kick the living shit out of each other for no reason, and you make them rich. There's a rich. reason. There's you a reason. You make them rich. We, you support this like no. cavemen. Like we're so enamored with the no. idea of fire that we, as fucking cold, shivering cavemen, huddle around a TV and watch these people beat the living shit out of each other. In all things that would be horrible crimes in humanity, we just forgive. Much the same reasons I hate fights in hockey. But they let. We they just let it sit back. And let these people kick the shit out of each other and horribly assault each other yeah. because it's all in the name of sport. But it doesn't advance us as people. It doesn't make us better human beings. It doesn't bring out any positive traits about humanity other than competition and aggression. Well, I think that those traits are, are pretty valuable in society. Competition and aggression are good for you. They're not good. For me? Like me no, for they're <laughs> good for a person to be competitive with themselves. The only person you need to compete with is yourself and try to do better by yourself. I, I think if you're and, not and, trying to push it, if you're but not... But pushing it doesn't mean kicking the shit out of anybody. Like, if a maybe, really big guy maybe it does. beats up a really little guy, nothing is proven. Yeah, like, I don't, I don't like, personally like violence, you know? Like, but was, you say that, but you love... what Mixed martial arts is I, violence Yeah, but the that, highest that's two order. people deciding they want to do it. Hey, I don't like the fact like, some if someone comes like and shit... Some people like it rough, man. It's like, it if someone make comes the, and beats you up, I'm not cool with that. That's not cool. You didn't agree to that. But what if that person had some blurred lines about what they thought was acceptable well, in society like because Fick? of how we embrace <laughs> how we embrace how we just let it go and say that hey it's all right if we kick the living shit out of each other as long as we do it in the name of commerce and capitalism ah. and sport and it's I see like, what you're saying but like don't you feel that there's a bit more of a, a test there's a test there like no. For instance, we didn't we didn't know that we could do this until we did it. We didn't you know, know they kicked shit out of each other. It's the oldest human trait in the world. Except before not in this way though. Not, wait, it wait, used wait, wait, to wait. advance humankind in some way, even if it was just lording over your domain or establishing alpha male status. Yeah. When you put a price tag on it and you make it a spectacle, all you're doing is making 
Roman emperor's richer, you know? It's gladiator status. Yeah. It's like, let's give the proles some basic common denominator shit. <laughs> really some basic common denominator shit. Two people in a ring kicking the shit out of each yeah. other. And poor people just eat it up. It's like NASCAR. It's like they don't want to watch racing. They want to watch cars explode. <laughs> I, I personally really got to say, this is why I wanted to have you on the show. God, it, I could go on this. I know. Well, let's, let's go for a bit more. Hold on. I got to say the thing about MMA... Defend it. Okay. Defend MMA to All me. All right. The thing about MMA... I can attack it all day. I, I know. Which is great. And this is what we're talking about. And in, in some way, what we're actually debating right now is just another form of debate. That's why I look at MMA. It's just... It's who has the better argument, so to speak. Who, yeah. Who's better at who at being able to do who's that? Who's better at punching the shit out of each Man, other Man, if you choke out... Dollars. Like, you ever been in an argument and it just... You say something that is so logical, so unbreakable, that the other person goes, You know what? I made a mistake. That kind of thing. When you turn the tide like that, that's a beautiful thing to experience or to witness. And when I see that in MMA, it's just a different function. It's like, I, I tapped you out. That means that person wasn't able to stop that. It's force of will. I, I, I enjoy I enjoy seeing that It's kind of force stuff. of body. It's not force of will. It's, it's force of will. You don't think... Wait a minute. Like, have, have you ever like wrestled or fought or anything absolutely like that? i have that's why i know there wasn't a lot yeah. of will involved it was well, like i could have slipped or you could just be stronger than me well okay, and that yeah, doesn't yeah. prove any will there's no will you're not measuring my will we're not we're not back to back as humans how would you measure stop. it how would you measure it you are stronger than me is that how you'd measure it? Yeah. <laughs> just say it it's like <laughs> you are tougher and stronger than me and i lost a fight i lost a fight it's all it is it happens in the school it happens in this in a ring it's like i lost a fight because i wasn't as good as fighting right. as you okay I, you there's know, no you will know the, involved you know what the problem is is when people look at the the actual fighting as so definitive like they say oh so and so beat so and so so they're the best that i don't agree with you know that's not why i watch it i, I don't want to see who's the best i want to see who can excel in a certain way because it's just a moral counting like for instance i don't particularly like when guys just grind out the decision i don't I, you know i, I want to see a finish and that for me is important but when i don't see a finish it's like watching it you ever watch uh dawkins debates or something like that and the guy oh, yeah. he, and the guy he debates is just because like, he's god you know yeah like he he can just kind of make it draw because there is that unprovable point like yeah he can't unprove it but at the same time, you're watching it and you're like, mm, I kind of wish that was definitive. I wish that there was a, you know, like Dawkins crushed him. Like, that's why I like Christopher Hitchens. I really like his debates on that whole issue because he can crush someone. And much in MMA, that's what I want. I want finishes. I, I want to see someone like definitively beaten. But even when they lose, but there's a winning and losing. You, like, you know, it, but don't you, can you feel win your when you humanity lose. sipping away when you can just sit and watch people bludgeon each other to death and it doesn't hurt you? Like if I were, if we were at a party together uh, yeah. and two guys just started cracking each other's skulls, I, I can't even look at it. I, I hate, yeah, I, I'm it's, not, it's offensive know. to me. And there's a point where when you watch that shit in real life that you become desensitized to it and you egg it on. You see it all the time, fights, even in high school. And I always, it's not like I've changed streams. I always hated watching fights at school. It fucking, it's offensive to me. I, I hate watching people get the shit yeah. kicked out of them because it was always like... I can see you feeling like that. It's yeah. just, what's the fucking point? Like, what are you really proving? Like, if you know that you're tougher than this guy, fighting him isn't proving anything because you knew it right away. So if you think you can beat this guy, I'll take your word for it. You don't actually right. need to do it to prove anything to me it's like the last you know it's and a it's pretty like small boxing, town thing I, somebody's like well what do you think about boxing and it's like well i don't really like boxing either but at least they're scoring points at least there's it's a regular really? thing where it's like point point draw point point draw. I, I find that to be like 
an antiquated version of what MMA is because but they're not bludgeoning the shit out of each other. They're not dropping really? elbows into bloody eyeballs. See, I, I would disagree with that. It's the vulgarity that. of MMA no, that bothers I, I, me. No, I would disagree with that. You know, boxing guys knock. They I'm not take, saying they're not as dumb they, they, and they, just they, take hits. But they take three hundred padded gloves. No, no, no. Hold on, that's a ten ounce glove. That's only look. You can argue the glove. That's only all. six, but they're not, seven ounces they're not, more. They're not rolling on the ground and dropping elbows into each other's faces and cracking each other's nose. And there's a bit of. I, I will agree the midstream that there's a bit of two men signing up to to do this. Yeah, about I thing agree with like, you though on elbows. Like I personally think that elbows are pretty core. Like I don't. I don't like the fact that they can do them from the guard. I don't. I don't like that. You know. I think I that know it should that be. They could or couldn't. I thought anything went in MMA. So. No, and see that's okay. Like we're we're debating. I can't something. honestly stand watching it. Like. Just like I hate watching fights. Like, really? It, I can't even look at the screen. It's, it's so the, offensive to me. Okay, check it out. I can't do a roundhouse. You know you know what I'm talking about? I can't spin my leg in, in a perfect 360 arc that it, it'll connect to someone's face. You know? That, to me, is like a sweet science. And I know that's what they usually tag with boxing. But boxing is just a portion of MMA. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. like, so I, I look at it like boxing. They, the guys take like two, 300 hits to the head a fight. You know? Or even if they took less than that, that's still directly to the head. And even sometimes when you get knocked out, they let you come back and fight. That's super dangerous, man. In MMA, it's like you get knocked out, that's it. That we're, we're done. We're not going further tonight, you know? There's no standing 10. And I think that that makes MMA a little bit safer. I think boxing is... is safer? Yeah. And you there's also different the ways to win. Safer? Yeah, there's different ways to win. Yeah. Yeah, it's fine. And then no it's one's like died the from MMA yet. The, you know what I mean? A no, lot of well, people have died from boxing. Yeah, life and the fucking the ambulance the on the way. You know, on the way but after the fight. MMA can't box. The a boxer can box for twenty years, whereas the fucking MMA guy doesn't have twenty years. Uh, that's true, but I I think it's hard to say that right now because MMA has only barely existed for twenty years. Yeah, you know? it's been around for a long. You know, time. it's like when boxing was in the nineteen twenties. Goddamn, man, they used to fucking they used to oh, they used to put like grizzly bears boxing, in there. Man, if you're like, like, you want to box they a grizzly? They call that one the stinger. They don't they don't let you use that one anymore. But the to stinger. me, it's the idea of. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, kicking they used to the call shit me, uh, out of each other. Kid gorgeous. Kid then they called me uh, uh, ugly kid mo. <laughs> your, your face ain't so pretty now. Dude, that was serious though. They used to fight like like animals against men. It'd be like, come on down and watch Boxcar Joe fight a grizzly. And he'd just oh, get yeah. torn up. You know? they, they And shoot it wasn't the bear. right then. And it's not right now when they do it. And it's like the mentality, how it makes people feel. Like tell me you haven't walked out of a bar that had UFC and had just been choked with fucking douchebag testosterone and like uh, you can just see people wanting to maybe, fight and okay, like maybe, that sort of asshole male attitude where it's like yeah, I can, may, I can the, be an alpha just by kicking the shit out of somebody smaller than me it's like yeah, that album, that yeah. attitude propagates a, a, around yeah. that MMA scene yeah, and it's, it's one of the most offensive aspects of humanity for me okay. so I, I would say based upon knowing you that a lot of your criticism of the, the sport probably stems a lot more from uh, one and and certain era of the time because the MMA boom, the real boom, was around 09 to 2010, and it's been wavering down since. Yeah. You know, now it's becoming to a point where it's just a core audience. There, there's no longer these bandwagoners. Like I remember going to parties where it was like 25 people in a room, and now it's like you go and I, I watch fights with the same five or ten guys, that kind of thing. So now it's like a lot of people that used to watch were only watching for like because it was in the mainstream. Movies were being made about it, that kind yeah. of thing. It's it's on the it's on the downturn of the boom. Girlfriends the, pretending that they were interested in it. Yeah, exactly. You know, actually, you know what? Liz fucking loves MMA. She digs it. It's okay. You don't she have, you no, she don't totally have, digs it. She has a uh, no, no. Seriously, man, she has her own fucking likes about it. She she digs uh, 
And it's the same thing the I don't like about hockey. It's just like watching somebody else fucking, not only watch it, but watching somebody else get filthy rich off just some fucking meaningless activity. Really, it's it's not really meaningless though. You know, do you do you feel what like? What does it do? How does it advance the cause of humanity? Deep down in my okay. soul, I like to think not that everything that I do, I don't pretend I'm some sort of fucking Earth savior, but I like to think that I'm involved in. Trying to better, not better humanity, but I would like to see humanity get better. I would like to and see... And to see commercialization and just, like, ridiculous amounts of wealth being made off of fucking two guys in a ring just kicking the shit out of each other with minimum yeah. rules. It's like, yeah. it's not a huge step forward yeah, Floyd for mankind. Made like it's not like we just cured million. cancer. It's like, here's two big dumb guys and the fucking proles. They're are, not dumb, though, you know? Like that, that's a huge sweeping. That's a huge generalization. If you can't find anything else, I don't think I'm they're dumb. Saying, I'm not saying you're dumb and book smart. I'm just saying that if ah, fuck it, I'm saying you're dumb. If you fucking really want to <laughs> crawl into a room, <laughs> crawl into a ring. If you can't find anything better to do with your time than to just kick the shit out of somebody, if that's your calling in life, then fine. There's lots of people out there like that, but I call them dumb too. So what if, you can uh, call me dumb. I don't take it personal. Okay. I, what what if? Uh, the skills that they they actually display when they're like in particular with MMA. Okay, I know you talked about a few sports, but with MMA, what if this what if the actual particular skills they're displaying in there that skill set? What if it can be utilized to say like overthrow the government? You why know? isn't it then? Why isn't it used for? Why is it presently used for showmanship sport? Do you think it's used as a distraction? You don't you don't think? No, it's... I just think like any sport, it's just you're making people rich, and that's like that's fine. You're taking. Any spectator sport where I, there's no involvement in the audience. That's not true. That's How does not an audience true. get involved? That's the not audience true. pays their ticket and they that's buy the merch true. and no. they buy the. How I, I are disagree you involved? With that. How then? I Positively paint me a picture of how I think, an I MMA think you need spectator. To take a, I think you need to take a step back in the, in the umbrella of this situation because it's, yeah, it's a sport, but it's entertainment, you know? And just like you're an entertainer, I'm an entertainer. When we step back, it's really about the audience interaction, right? Like, would you when you're at a show and the, and the draw sucks and we've all been there what when the draw sucks it's different it's not the same show but when the crowd's really just fucking chirping you know they're like just, oh yeah it makes know, the show better I'll at, give it's you just that, peaking but. right like you know what i'm talking about but the audience is not participating in the event i think they are you know especially a lot of these hometown shows like you know you don't think gsp gets fired up in montreal no absolutely does but you can play a game of hockey without anybody watching that's true. You can do anything without anyone watching. No, I'm, I know you can, but two guys fighting without anybody watching is elaborates how dumb I call two guys it, fighting with people are watching. I right? call that sparring. <laughs> I guess so. You can call it whatever you like. I'm just saying I don't like it, and I'm saying it doesn't do a whole lot for me. And it does. I don't. Do you know what I think I, I need to do? I need to. Uh, I need to show you that the majority of the people that watch MMA now, in in like right now this month, like right now, and on the show tonight. I think if I showed you the majority of them, it the ratio is really swapped from this like seventy percent meathead to like thirty percent smart guys that just want to watch transitions and jujitsu. But it's still violence. It's still saying but, like, but it's you smart. Just, like you said either yourself. Everyone, like, everyone I don't like though. violence, but I love it. No, no, no. It's like my friend I, I don't Steph like, Cole. I don't like senseless violence. My I friend like, Steph I like, Cole, who I like, is the nicest girl in the world. Steph Cole. I saved your life. She I know who likes, she is. She likes MMA, and it's like, you are the least violent person I know. She has good taste, and what it's can like, I say? <laughs> how can you just turn that off and just sit and watch two people kick the living shit out of each other? It's the athleticism. You know? Yeah, it's bullshit. I, you know what? Check it out. Listen. It's like people say no. baseball's about the athleticism. For real. Give me a break. No, check it out. I personally, I can't skateboard at all. 
but I fucking love skateboarding. Yeah, and you don't watch running, though. If it's about athleticism, is an argument that you can't really pull. It's kind of a hail mary. What do you mean, like a running? Like, like is a, the four hundred meter dash your favorite event in the Olympics? Like, uh, is athleti- no, athleticism enough? My goddamn favorite. Athletic- event. Athleticism is not enough to engage in a sport because tons of people out there are athletic. The guy who fucking delivers, <laughs> the guy who delivers my mail. You're is moving athletic. the goalpost a, just a little bit. I'm, I think it's all considering. Yeah. I'm countering <laughs> every <laughs> argument you make. I think it's about one guy once told me that it was like it's more like the fight or flight. Like, what would you do, basically? instinct kind of shit yeah it's like really because people because nothing down. says basic instinct or fight or flight like million dollar prize fights <laughs> like, give me a break there's nothing basic instinct about that at all it's like as coordinated and as like involved as a process can be and you want to say it's about fight or flight basic instincts it's that, like if that was really accurate. true you would be opening a fucking hobo fight club in the basement where nobody would they watch shut it down. you can't do nobody that nobody would watch and it would be you proving something to yourself yeah they don't book like, those anymore fight or flight man with this million dollar fucking pay-per-view event it's like give me a fucking break it's about people getting rich off sports just like any sport which i don't like i think know. you're combining the economic issues surrounding the sport More like i'm acknowledging all facets of the issue and not just <laughs> Just focusing on the fight like just like the olympics i can't say oh the olympics are about the like to me olympics are about coca-cola making 450 million dollars it's not about the athletes yeah. at all i look at the whole picture of the thing and so for me mma is like check out these two big guys fighting while we rob you blind and the olympics like, the olympics seem like uh you know just based on having lived in a city that actually had them here i would say that the olympics seem like uh like a world bank loan that just fucks you for at least a decade like this this province isn't going to pay off the olympics for a long no god no no montreal took them like 30 years right they're paying off expo (laughs) goddamn expo for like 60 fucking years yeah that kind of thing you know it just seems like they they give you this party but it's like a white elephant you know and they they tell you oh you're gonna have this party and the world's gonna come but uh Oh yeah, it costs like a billion dollars to set up the catering. That's what it's yeah, saying, it's you know? brutal, like, and it's that's like, what it comes down to, and it's it's terrible that way. And you know, what do you think? Where's the next uh, Olympics? You're protesting, yeah, I know. So. <laughs> I'll be there with my balaclava, <laughs> my rainbow balaclava, because it's in Russia, and Russia is oh Sochi. Down. That's right, it's in Sochi. It's clamped down on homosexual activity, so I will be. That's a weird thing too, hey? So dumb. That's really so like. Dumb. You think we, we make so many advancements as and humans. And it's just like, let's hate on some gays at a, a global level. Like on so a global stupid. level. You know, like, like, let's put us on the map for hating on the gays. That's pretty, oh man, that, that's a really weird situation. But I guess you look at the way Putin so has, uh, has uh, like strengthened his base. Yeah. Uh, like, you know, his cabinet ministers are ex-KJB. Oh, yeah. And, and who knows? Even his like, own background. All we know is what they tell us. So it's like, That's who the right. fuck actually knows do you what think, happens? Do you think in your heart of hearts he's killed someone before? <laughs> yeah, no. One person, no. <laughs> I do not think in my heart of heart that he has killed one person one, before. Like, with his bare hands? I think hands? he's probably single-handedly wiped out thousands of people <laughs> oh, in his God. life. But Do you think he, like... He like oh, brings them in. You mean? Yeah, oh, like do you sure think he, he chokes choke, someone out? I'm sure he chokes out hobos on the daily for sure. Just what? For just kicks. for kicks? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Eric, Eric says he's watching UFC. And yeah, that's perfect. That's the perfect tag to this whole combo. Is that the whole time rom com? His rhythm guitar player is the thing. They is watching MMA. You know what? I'm telling you, man. It's what if I just told you it's an excuse to get around and hang out and drink with some of your friends. Hey, that, that also is not a uh, valuable reason because you don't need any fucking <laughs> reason to do that. You can make up anything at all. Like, let's get 
Come over to my house and play Trivial Pursuit. It's like yeah, we can do that. Yeah, it's fine. I you want to do that? Hey, would um, you do that? I you, do it. I'm you're a symbolist. I'm playing. We we just figured out a way. I've been building my trivia kit. Uh, <laughs> Your kit. Well, because like, like you know how you can find Trivial Pursuit decks from like the '70s everywhere, but they're full of questions like who won the 1939 fucking oh. welterweight boxing championship. It's God. like I have no Joe idea. Joe Lobos. <laughs> so I'm like mixing it with some like pop culture ones or whatever, and I figured out a nice way to play Trivial Pursuit with gambling. Really? Yeah, a really easy way to well, do like it. Well, like clothes? Skip no, freaky. everybody just comes in and you bet, like Jeopardy, you bet on your category. Like, say so you land on blue. You land on blue, geography. It's like, I think I'm good at geography. I'll bet 50 cents. If I get the question right, I keep my money. If I get the question wrong, it goes in the center pot. And then whoever wins gets the communal center pot. So I can just see. Money. I can just see you... And John Creedon in like an opium den in like Toronto playing this like There's no opium like, dens in Toronto like high high risk table high risk table trivial pursuit you guys yeah. pick this up I on the way it. home I love trivia there's some favorite. guy in the corner is like give me your give me your yeah. he's like yelling at you and you have to like, Lord peace yeah <laughs> it's like the deer hunter or something <laughs> you can just see this no uh, you know what. But let me ask you this. Ultimately, does right. watching UFC make you feel better about your life? Does it make your life better? Sometimes. Yeah. Does it? Yeah. Okay, well, then that's all I need. Because, yeah. I mean, I read comic books, does, right? I do you're right, though. Of- but the humanity part. Like, does that say a lot about me that, that seeing other people That's be all it takes to be a mass entertainment is, like, yeah. watching two guys fight each other? You know, there's, there's so much training. Uh, there's so much training in everything, there's, though. There's so much training. There's so much... Uh, Work that goes into these fifteen minutes because it's like three five minute rounds. You know, that's the same with any professional athlete, though. Yeah, nobody. You, if don't, it was, you, don't, you don't respect if it was that. Easy, anybody would do it. I do respect that, but I believe that you know what I mean. That is everywhere. No job out there doesn't have a fair amount of personal dedication, commitment, and training. I agree. I agree with that. So, like, I'm not gonna give them extra gold stars because they're hungry for fucking approval. It's like for me, it's like hockey players exercise doesn't make me like hockey anymore. Like. Football players are in better shape than all of them, and nobody gives them the respect unless you're a football fan. So, or European football. Really? Shit, yeah. You see how much they run? I would say that, like, a football, yeah, like soccer, yeah. Like, yeah, soccer, yeah. Like, so. soccer players, football players, whatever, they, they run, like, like a one game will be like 11 kilometers or something. Yeah, they play 90 minutes of full on running right? the whole fucking time. That's so crazy. Like, that's at least that's, hockey's got benches and rest periods and stuff like that. Hockey's sprint based. Absolutely. Yeah. No, I don't begrudge anybody. I can respect the workout ethic of all professional athletes because I know you wouldn't be there unless you fucking worked hard. But that almost throws the argument out the windows because none of them would be there if you didn't work hard. Like if you, if you were a not hard working athlete, you wouldn't be a professional athlete. Do you have a favorite professional athlete, even though you don't really appreciate Kobe? Kobe's your favorite. Yeah, Why? Because he's a I ra- like NBA. Because no, he's a he... former a, a alleged rapist. No. Why would that be the reason why that I like? Him? I don't know. Maybe you're you're punk rock as fuck. I like you Kobe don't give a shit. Fucking uh, basketball to me is it's my it's the funnest sport for me to watch. And Kobe's really, because it shit happens. Let me tell you about the why things. is now why basketball? See, basketball because means shit like happens. Interesting, I like, but I like high scoring games. I like things when things are happening. Hockey. Let me tell you about the things that would make hockey better. Two things you do to make hockey a <laughs> oh, way God. better sport. Here we go. Number one. Okay, here we go. Number one. Number one. Get rid of the fucking goalie. Just gone. <laughs> make it a defensive game. High scoring defensive game. All of a sudden, way better. You know. It's like, why are you there? Make, why are you there? Why are You're you there hilarious. at all? Okay. High-scoring defensive keep game, going, yeah. just like basketball. Number yeah. two, keep the clock running during fights. 
because everybody loves fighting in hockey, same as USC. It's like it's become part of the game, but it's not part of the game. People just stop, just like UFC, stop and let these two idiots fucking punch each other while the clock is stalled. It's a it's a code. But it, it's a code. I'm all for it. Keep the clock running though. Make it part of the game. Make there an incentive to finish the fight. Like, you have to fight. Everybody wants to see it. So let them fight. But let the game continue. Let it be part of the actual game. <laughs> okay, what else? What else? That's it. Those are my That's two. That's it. There are only two hockey. amendments. So get rid of the goalie. <laughs> yeah. And keep the, keep clock, the clock on during fights. fights. I don't know. That seems a little simple. <laughs> Come at me. Come at me. Attack my points. I would say that. No goalie. All of a sudden, people, people would be scoring all the time. It's like, Have you ever seen... You know why? You know, let me tell you. Sorry about... I asked you to speak, and now I'm totally going to walk yeah. all over you. Okay, go ahead. Everyone was like, you know what was good hockey? Canadian Olympic hockey. Because mm. there wasn't a lot of fights, and it was all defense all the time. It was low-scoring games, yeah. all defense. People loved it. By getting rid of the goalie, you're making it entirely a defensive game. Well, I think that's a financial point, Just like point, people though. be like... Just like in basketball, where there's high score, the score gets up in the hundreds every game. People are returning points back and forth. Things are actually happening. Foul, point, foul, point, foul, point. Hockey, you can go 20 fucking minutes without a single goal being scored. Is that what you need, though? It's the most fucking That's, boring see, thing. The whole object of the game is to score goals. And if you go argument, 20 minutes without a goal, it's like, I just wasted 20 minutes of my fucking life. Like, <laughs> that argument you just presented is exactly my argument for MMA. That's why, because things are happening. things are People are punching. There's kicks. But there's no points being flying. scored. There's no, awesome. Nobody's keeping score. Yes, there's there's three judges. There's definitely people. What? How do you do? You score points like in boxing? Yes. Or do you just like? But if you knock the guy out, it doesn't matter. If you well, if you knock the guy out, that's the end of the fight. There's yeah. no need to go to the judges. But there's three judges. Yeah, they're they're often assigned by the the uh, athletic commission for that state. But that's not a high scoring game, so that doesn't get a pass for me. Well, they they use a ten nine round like boxing. <laughs> You don't. That doesn't. That doesn't boring. move you. Eh? It's just boring. Boring. Man. He says basketball is fucking like point point. You're getting up in the hundreds. <laughs> That's why my second favorite sport. Well, I'm low. You are hilarious. Is fucking American football because it's the second highest scoring game. You gotta be. That's kidding. why the worst is fucking European football because they never score at all. It's just running without scoring. It's like she's you're the, offending. The object of the just game. Just the board, you're offending so many people right now. I'm sorry if you don't know me. You shouldn't be offended by these already because I've probably offended you by these points. You're punk rock as fuck. It has to do with sports, and I just like sports where the object of any sport is to score points. And in sports that you have not a lot of points being scored, it gets fucking boring really fast. Whereas basketball, bam, point, 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 return, point, return. The object of the game is happening all the time. Whereas hockey, it's fucking boring. You are out of your tree. You're out of your tree. It's like, oh, the goalie blocked it. Well, who put that fucking goalie there? That should have been a point. (laughs) So you get rid of the goalie, bam, scores are up. People you, are playing more defensively. You are uh, an interesting case. I've got the fucking answers. I rather, I rather enjoy Some, it. So many people out there right now on the radio on, tuned into this particular channel are like, you know what? Hockey is fucking boring. Get rid of the goalie. All of a sudden, you have you know, 40, 50-point games, but people would get better. All of a sudden, defensemen would actually yeah. do something in the I'm fucking scared. game instead of just skating around circles. It's like, oh, now... The-. And then hockey's the worst because it'll be just like... Imagine if basketball, if you had the point, like somebody shot at the net and they missed and you had it. And the, the opposing player just threw it across field like they do when they clear the puck. It's like, <laughs> I got this ball. The game's happening right here. I'm just going to throw it. And that's what happens in hockey is they get it down the posting and they just shoot it. And it's like, oh, now we got to skate all I don't the way know. across this fucking field or rink, whatever you want to call sure, it. I'm pretty sure you'd say that, you know, at this stage, I, I completely I respect your points. However, 
I would say again, I respectfully disagree. Within your, your within within your MMA criticism and within your hockey criticism, I, I can't help but feel like there's, you know, a single event that drove you this way. Like, was this like some dude you knew growing up, like 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 sports, and you just pure don't like rational him? rationalization of okay of the sport. Because again, also like I what come from a hockey town. The man. hockey the hockey you're describing sounds like hockey pre lockout of two thousand five. It's all the fucking same. No, been no, exactly the no. same forever. I show you figures that would show the goals have gone up like, create like two hundred percent. Cool. Let me know when they cross twenty. Jesus Christ! So you want it to look like a football game? You want it to be like yeah, fifty-two to fucking twenty? Why not? Why is that such a bad thing? <laughs> I would say because all of a sudden the defensemen, all of a sudden the five guys you have who are actually working, the goalie just sitting there half the time. If your offensive team is playing well, the goalie doesn't have to do anything. He just fucking rests while the team's on the other side of the ice. It's just pointless. Anyway, just you should write out. a letter to Bettman. I have. Written you could just send this letters, as an attachment. Gary Bettman's my hero, though. He's the MVP of last year for sure. I hope he continues to play the game like he's been playing it. Because <laughs> he's just killing the game. Just killing it. Just driving <laughs> it to the ground. Last year, Canucks played the best season I've ever seen because they were over so early. It was it was just fantastic. Just fantastic. Jesse, you are uh, one of my favorite people. I got criticisms for all sports, though. Baseball, two innings shorter, for sure. Baseball, honestly, Tony Purple and Craig McMillan will probably hate me for saying this, but uh, I can't really get into it too much. Funnest to play, worst to watch, for sure. It's fun to play. I even like bastardized versions of it, like kickball and shit were fun playing when I was Yeah, younger. no, the game of baseball is, is awesome. It is truly a beautiful game. And as this is coming from someone who doesn't really like that many sports, but I can get behind the game of... You ever hear George Carlin, George Carlin talk about baseball and American yeah. football? Yeah, definitely. Where it's just like making all these correlations to war and how like in football you plan attack and make defense mechanisms against this. And in baseball, you just want to get home and be <laughs> safe. And like, you just want to be safe at home. Yeah, Carlin was a genius, man. No, totally. and it's, it hits points that you always thought, but you never could verbalize until somebody said it better than you. But uh, I, I think Carlin was one of the best comics of all time man if if not the best comic i think he had the perfect mix louis ck is really carrying his torch now that's for sure for sure did you hear, did you hear uh louis ck give the uh the uh, public address at uh carlin his induction to oh yeah no no i i didn't ever see it but i've, I've heard you heard it. about that yeah he, he goes on to say like you know um like because louis was doing comedy for a long time prior to him blowing up recently yeah right? he's an old man almost yeah by now. and uh he said that you know a lot of him staying with it was after he saw carlin speak and he was like i want to do that i want to push the envelope i want to be the guy who you know tests things and carlin really changed the way things you know i'll say sometimes like you know i'm feeling down or something like that real depressed or something you put on a Carlin clip. That shit will pick you up, man. Oh, man. There's one special, especially, where he talks about the, the airplane security. And so it's, yes. I've heard it probably a dozen times in my Is life. Is that him live in New Jersey? Is that uh, it's live in New Rutherford, York or one of them, Rutherford. something like that. Yeah. But he, uh, yeah, he's just so fucking he's funny. He's so good. Man, uh, his last, his very last special he put out before he died. Pretty old and senile yeah. at that point. But his, uh, what was it? Uh, it's all bad for you or something yeah. like that. It's all bullshit and it's bad for yeah. you. <laughs> Fuck, man. He, he's so good. He's so good. Honestly, he's one of my favorite. Yeah. Uh, I, I love George Carlin. And he's a linguist, you know? He appreciates the word, which I can get behind. Yeah, you ever hear him do that bit where he, he does like a, I'm a high-tech, up-down, download him, down, down, down. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He yeah. always goes on big rants. Oh, man. No, so it's nice. good. And it's not even so much comedy as it's just like wordsmithing. 
Do you know who's uh, actually had kind of a piece like that earlier? I, I watched her special last week on Netflix. Was uh, oh man, who was it? Uh, it's like Alicia. She was the winner of uh, Next Standing. Hey, Liz. What was the name of that that comic? Do you remember? You don't remember it. She doesn't. Remember. It's this girl though. It was like. You know, every time you see a female comic, you're like, "All right, when's the sex jokes gonna come in?" Like they always gotta push That's the sexualism. I don't think I've ever thought that. It's him saying you, that, not me. Yeah, right. Like you haven't already alienated yourself with every member of the hockey community and MMA. That's yeah, okay. You guys can find me. I'm easy to find. If you have any opinions, please submit them to MakeyDProductions@makeyd.com. Her special was fucking amazing. It was fucking really. I good. like comedy. Comedy makes me feel. Stand-up really comics make me feel good because they go through a lot of the same shit the bands do. Like they got a tour, they yeah. got to do everything. Her name was uh, Eliza. I want to say Schlesinger, but I know that's that pussycat doll girl that, you know, whatever Schlesinger. But anyway, this girl, Eliza, I think her uh, special is called War Paint. That shit was really good. I think I think people, if you have Netflix out there, you should totally watch it. You got the Twitter? It. I do got Twitter. At There's some funny-ass motherfuckers on Twitter these days. Too. Oh, it's uh, yeah, it's Eliza Schlesinger. It is Schlesinger. Schles- Schlesinger. She was really funny. She actually was like, I think you'd really dig it. The reason yeah. I bring up the sexualism She's on Netflix? Thing, American Netflix, though? Yeah, you, well, you, don't, have, well, you don't have American Netflix? Neither do no. I. It's not illegal. <laughs> It's not illegal to change your IP and nope. uh, yeah, illegally broadcast uh, stream. It's not no? illegal at all. No, the it's just fucking frowned on. No, it's not even. They just the new internet rules are new. Like all the rules in our society are based on a hundred years of fucking or whatever less than that. But internet shit's pretty new. Like you know how slow the wheels turn to get anything to happen in this world, and there ain't nobody out there legalizing or unlegalizing IP addresses. It's just scrambling some numbers. Perfect example of that, I think, would be... Uh, you that's recently- why all the IP scrambles are free. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. Well, no, that's not true. Not there's necessarily a- free, but they're not like Yeah, there's a few of them. Like, they're, but they're like $1.99. Yeah, month. exactly. They're consumer Skip grade. the coffee fat boy is what I would yeah. say out there. You know. Um, hey, how about... Uh, you know, speaking of like the way the internet works now, this is a perfect example. Love the internet. Um, here we are. You, Jesse Laborde, have recently signed with. Uh, I didn't sign anything. Well, you didn't sign with my finger, my brain. Well, you don't really sign anything these That's days. The, is that the name of the group? Yeah, it's my fingers, my brain. Yeah. My fingers, my brain. So you don't sign. So, but you you're releasing material through yeah. this company. Yeah. I would say that in a public understanding of the yeah, word, it's the word works. Yeah, but I didn't actually yeah, sign anything. Yeah, well. You know, honestly, the only thing I signed was an IPR form that claimed that my songs were were my songs. So it's an intellectual property form. <laughs> didn't actually give anything away. That's pretty funny. Um, I would say that you know, again, here's a perfect example. My fingers, my brain. They're putting out this uh, seven inch, yeah, this vinyl, and uh, it has you and John Creedon on it. JC and uh, you guys are going on tour what next week? Next week, yeah. Next week, I got uh, my plane ticket. Do you want to name your first couple dates that you're doing? First couple shows, Edmonton, October 1st. Edmonton at this place called Wonder Bar, which is possibly the coolest bar in Canada. (laughs) Decent is right. That's Um, his text message, by the way. I'm not just pressing the fucking bubbles button. Sound effects. Next time, I I planted a lot of good seeds for ideas. Yeah, you did have some good ideas. Some great sound effects. Don't worry. Next time you come back on the show, it'll be in a new location. We won't be doing it in the goddamn condo. (laughs) It'll be be more moonshine. Tell me, okay, yo, what's, what, after Edmonton, what, when do you play after Then Edmonton? Calgary, Canmore, Medicine Hat. What are the dates? Give these guys dates. Let First, me. second, third. Those places of October. respectively, yeah. And then fourth off, or we're going to try to find something. Breakout West is in Calgary, so there's lots of bands going on. Um, fifth in Medicine Hat. 
uh, then a day off, and then Regina, Winnipeg. Ooh. Uh, and then a huge gap. Then a huge gap. Huge gap. No, we don't. We actually, we have to haul ass over the gap, actually. Well, Kenora we, couldn't we, get its act together, so. Even, I wish there was somewhere halfway. Like, Kenora is only fucking an hour and a half from Winnipeg, so it's tough yeah. to, like, it's oh, not actually that big of a, a leg on the drive, right? Like, I know. That's why I was like, I can't believe the Kenora show didn't come together. That's very disappointing. Yeah. But you know what? It sounds like you got your hands full and stuff. But uh, but then once we get to the other side, it's nonstop. Yeah, it's like Trois-Rivières all the way to to, Hart, to Halifax and back, and then all the way down to Toronto. How much French do you speak exactly? Uh, two words: my <laughs> last name and hello. <laughs> Le Borde, <laughs> Jesse, Jesse the Borde. No, I have this app on this phone called Duolingo, which is a great app for learning languages. What is it called? Duolingo. Duolingo. It's actually really really good. Um, uh, but it's I've been neglecting my studies, so I I really want I started in like April and I was like next time I go to Quebec I'm not gonna be such a fucking stupid idiot and just not be able to communicate with anybody at all and feel so dumb. And then you're I like did selling, it for like two weeks and then I I haven't got back on it. So you're gonna be accepting some of that crazy Quebec money. Well, last time we were yeah exactly yeah our money's pink here. Yeah no what? shit you're like what? Uh, last time we were with my friend uh, Corey Levesque who uh, speaks quite fluent. French. He's he's bilingual in, in the in both languages for sure. So it was like you almost don't learn anything at all when you're traveling with somebody like that because it's just like yo Corey, what do you say? Oh, and he Corey, just does it. What do you say? Yeah, Corey, goddamn, what do you say? You know what I mean? He's doing all like, the heavy lifting. Yeah, and it, it's great because he can instantly communicate back and forth, and there's like there's no language barrier at all because he's understanding all the slang and just right, there's nothing right. lost. But when you're by yourself, you kind of have to figure out a little more because you're you're figuring shit yourself. Um, well, okay. I gotta say, Eric's, I, Eric's still watching more rounds. Of course he is. So cool, man. Hey, killer. Love that shit. I have been uh, sitting here for about an hour and a half now, and I've wanted to hear this fucking debut. Put the it whole on. Time. Well, why don't Put you intro on. a bit? Tell me what's going on. We'll, we'll close with it. This is song. Yeah, we'll close with it because it's been almost two hours. And no, it's boring. hour and a half. It's a good, this, this is the longest one for sure. But, uh,. You have a lot of interesting points. And I, I think people want to hear them. Just pick subjects and I'll just talk yeah. forever. This won't be your last time on the show, I hope. I hope not. No, I, I'm it's pretty nice. sure uh, you're going to go on tour and come back. We have uh, you know, this project with Leanie Bennett coming out. Uh, I produced it. Jesse mixed it. Um, fucking A. I got to say, it's been, uh, it's been a hell of a journey thus far. And, hell of uh, a journey. It actually wasn't that bad. It's just me and my stupid schedule that's holding anything up at all. <laughs> I just mean coordination has been a little longer than usual. But uh, why don't you go ahead and intro the song, let us know, and we'll wrap up here. The song's called Burnt Out Frame. Uh, it's about my hometown, kind of my hometown, the road I grew up on. Williams Lake. No, Horsefly. Horsefly. Horsefly, yeah. <laughs> legit. Uh, legit, yeah. Um, and it's uh, coming on a split, 7-inch, between me and John Creedon, who's another folk punk artist, acoustic folk punk artist in Vancouver. And uh, it will be out sometime mid-November, I hope, or soon, shortly after I get back. And uh, it's hopefully okay. It's hopefully okay. I like it. That's a hell of a setup there, It's a Jesse. breather. It's a breather live. I shout pretty This good. is my first time hearing it, too, so I haven't heard it yet. You don't but, have uh, it queued up yet. I'm nervous at how this is going to work. Uh, it's it's going to be okay. We'll, we're going to we'll pretend that we're hit play, and then we'll be back. And we're back! It was great. <laughs> 
No, it's okay. Just do like two seconds. I think we'll close and on this, we're man. Back. I think we'll close on this. Okay, let's shake hands. I, uh, I appreciate digitally, you coming digitally through. Shaking digitally hands. shake hands. And, uh, so remember. Any final words things. for the people there? Yeah, don't watch UFC. It doesn't make you any better a person <laughs> at all. In fact, spend the time you would spend watching UFC. Spending with, spending, spreading some love. Spending with some time with someone that maybe you've been not hanging out with as much. Or I'm sure there's something more positive you can be doing with your time than watching two fucking millionaires kick the shit out of each other, making some other people rich. Jesse's um, a boxing fan, by the way. I'm not a boxing fan at all. <laughs> I think boxing is just as dumb. But, um, and then also, What's no up? goalies. No goalies in hockey. And keep the clock running during fights. And you've got a successful game that I will still never watch, but at least it'll be fucking tolerable. Jesse Laborde, you're one of my favorite vocalists slash lyricists of all time. Get out of town. And uh, I'm really glad to have you debut this song. I debuted it last week. Uh, what was the name of the song show, again? Actually, sorry. actually, I wanted to just claim as a debut. <laughs> uh, it's called Burnt Out Frame. Burnt Out Frame here on Intergalactic yeah, yeah. Interviews. And uh, thanks for listening, guys. We love you. And I uh, hope you guys go check out Jesse on the road. And I'll see you next episode. I'm out. Bye. Thank you. The air is cold. The wind, it blows right through my bones. In the winter, the sun don't stay around too long for giving way to the night. And I've been driving down this road for my whole life. So the life and the moon's all I need to gather weight to the last remaining turns. And I'm almost home.
friends that I have made Along the way And in the valley where I plan To one day take my final steps Hoping never crumbles to the ground But rises up instead And an endless song springs forth My dying breath begins the chord And it will echo through the hills Reminding everyone that they have made it home